0: Chapter One of A Daily Rate. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Daily Rate by Grace Livingston Hill. Chapter One The world would not have looked quite so dreary to her, perhaps, if it had not been her birthday. Somehow one persists in expecting something unusual to happen on a birthday no matter how many times one has had nothing but disappointment not that celia murray was really expecting anything even a letter on this birthday though she did stand shivering in the half light of the dim forlorn front room that served as a parlor for mrs morris's boarding-house watching for the postman to reach their door she did it merely because she wished to be near to get the letter at once provided there was a letter and not that she really hoped for one it was saturday evening and the close of a half holiday in the store in which she usually stood all day long as saleswoman the unusual half holiday off was on account of some parade in the city celia had not spent her afternoon at the parade instead she had been in her small cold back bedroom in the third story attending to various worn garments which needed mending they had been spread out on the bed in a row and she had gone steadily down the line putting in a few stitches here a button there and setting in a patch in another counting every minute of daylight hoping to finish her work before it faded for the gas in her room was dim the burner being old and worn out she tried to be gay over the work she called it her dress parade she knew it was the best way in which to accomplish as much as she wished to do and now it was six o'clock and she had turned down the wretched flickering light in her room and descended to the parlor to watch for the postman he was late to-night probably on account of the parade she leaned her forehead against the cold glass and looked out into the misty darkness everything was murky and smoky the passers-by seemed tired and in a hurry some had their collars turned up she wondered where they were all going and whether there were pleasant homes waiting for them she let her imagination picture the homes of some there was a young working-man hurrying along with breezy step and swinging dinner-pail he had not been to the parade his parade was at home awaiting his coming a laughing baby a tidy wife and the house redolent of fried onions and sausage she had passed houses often at night where those odors were streaming forth from quickly opened and closed doors the young man would like it it would be pleasant to him and the thought brought no less cheer to the watching girl because to her this supper would not be in the least appetizing there passed by a strong old german a day laborer perhaps she pictured the table full of noisy children of various ages and the abundance of sauerkraut and cheese and coffee and other viands set out then came a stream of girls some clerks like herself and some mill girls on other evenings they would present a different appearance but many of them to-night were in holiday attire on account of the half-holiday which had been generally given throughout the city these girls some of them had homes of more or less attractiveness, and others, like herself, were domiciled in boarding houses. She sat down on one of the hard haircloth chairs and looked around that parlour. In the dimness of the turned down gas it appeared more forlorn than usual. The ingrained carpet had long ago lost any claims to respectability. It had a dragged out, sodden appearance, and in places there were unmistakable holes these it is true had been twisted and turned about so as to come mostly under the tables and sofa but they were generally visible to the casual observer the parlour suite of haircloth, by reason of being much sat upon had lost the spring of youth and several of the chairs and one end of the sofa looked like fallen cake there was an asthmatic cabinet organ at the end of the room which had been left by some departing boarder under compulsion in lieu of his board there were a few worn pieces of music scattered upon it celia knew that the piece now open on the top was that choice selection the cat came back which was a great favorite with a young railroad brakeman who had a metallic tenor voice and good lungs he was one of the boarders and considered quite a singer in the house there was a feeble attempt at the aesthetic in the form of a red bedraggled chenille portier at the doorway bordered with large pink cabbage roses the mantel had a worn plush scarf embroidered in a style quite out of date and ugly in the extreme on it stood a large glass case of wax flowers several cheap vases and a match safe over it hung a crayon portrait of the landlady's departed husband and another of herself adorned the opposite wall both done in staring crayon work from tintypes of ancient date heavily and cheaply framed these with a marriage certificate of the clasped hand and orange wreath order framed in gilt made up the adornments of the room celia sighed as she looked about and took it all in once more it was a dreary place she had been in it but a week would she ever get used to it she did not curl her lip in scorn as many other girls would have done over that room and its furnishings neither did she feel that utter distaste that is akin to hatred instead it was a kind of pity in her heart for it all and for the poor lonely creatures who had no other place to call home where there is such pity there is sometimes love not far away she even rose went to the doorway and looped the loose discouraged folds of the chenille curtain in more graceful fashion somehow her fingers could not help doing so much toward making that room different then she sighed and went to the window again she could see the belated postman now across the street she watched him as he flitted back and forth ringing this bell and that and searching in the great leather bag for papers or packages his breath showed white against the dark grayish blue of the misty evening air his gray uniform seemed to be a part of the mist the yellow glare of the street lamp touched the gilt buttons and made a bright spot of the letters on his cap as he paused a moment to study an address before coming to their door celia opened the door before he had time to ring and took the letters from his hand there were not many the boarders in that house had not many correspondents, She stepped into the parlour once more, and turned up the gas now for a moment to see if there were any for herself. Strange to say, there were two, rather thin and unpromising it is true, but they gave a little touch of the unusual to the dull day. She noticed that one bore a familiar postmark and was in her aunt's writing, the other held the city mark, and seemed to be from some firm of lawyers she did not feel much curiosity concerning it it was probably some circular it did not look in the least interesting she pushed them both quickly into her pocket as the front door opened letting in several noisy boarders. she did not wish to read her letters in public they would keep till after supper the bell was already ringing it would not be worth while to go upstairs before she went to the dining room experience taught her that the supper was at its very worst the minute after the bell rang if one waited one must take the consequences and the consequences were not desirable the meals in that house were not too tempting at any time not that she cared much for her supper she was too weary but one must eat to live and so she went to the dining-room out there the gas was turned to its highest the coarse tablecloth was none of the cleanest in fact it reminded one of former breakfasts and dinners the thick white dishes bore marks of hard usage they were nicked and cracked there were plates of heavy sour looking bread at either end of the table the butter looked mussy and uninviting the inevitable scanty supply of prunes stood before the plate of the young german clerk who was already in his chair helping himself to a liberal dish the german clerk was fond of prunes and always got to the table before any one else some of the others good-naturedly called him selfish and frequently passed meaning remarks veiled in thin jokes concerning this habit of his but if he understood he kept the matter to himself and was apparently not thin-skinned there was a stew for dinner that night celia dreaded stews since the night of her arrival when she had found a long curly hair on her plate in the gravy there were such possibilities of utility in a stew it was brought on in little thick white dishes doled out in exact portions there were great green fat pickles suggesting copper in their pickling and there was a plate of cheese and another of crackers a girl brought each one a small spoonful of canned corn but it was cold and scarcely cooked at all and the kernels were large and whole celia having tasted it pushed her dish back and did not touch it again on the side table was a row of plates each containing a slim thin piece of pale crusted pie its interior being dark and of an undefined character celia tried to eat the dishes were not all clean her spoon had a sticky handle and so had her fork the silver was all worn off the blade of her knife and she could not help thinking that perhaps it was done by being constantly used to convey food to the mouth of the brakeman with the tenor voice one by one the boarders drifted in it was surprising how quickly they gathered after that bell rang they knew what they had to depend upon in the way of bread and butter and it was first come first served Little Miss Burns sat across the table from Celia. She was thin and nervous and laughed a good deal in an excited way, as if everything were unusually funny and she were in a constant state of embarrassing apology. There were tired little lines around her eyes, and her mouth still wore a baby droop, though she was well along in years. Celia noticed that she drank only a cup of tea and nibbled a cracker. She did not look well. It was plain the dinner was no more appetizing to her than to the young girl who had so recently come there to board. She ought to have some delicate thin slices of nicely browned toast and a cup of good tea with real cream in it, and a fresh egg poached just right, or a tiny cup of good strong beef bouillon, Celia said to herself. She amused herself by thinking how she would like to slip out in the kitchen and get them for her. Only and she almost smiled at the thought she would hardly find the necessary articles with which to make all that out in the morris kitchen next to miss burns sat two young girls clerks in a three-cent store they carried a good deal of would-be style and wore many bright rings on their grimy fingers whose nails were never cleaned nor cut apparently except by their teeth these girls were rather pretty in a coarse way and laughed and talked a good deal in loud tones with the tenor brakeman whose name was bob yates and with the other young men boarders these young men were respectively a clerk in a department store a student in the university and a young teacher in the public schools celia noticed that neither the student nor the school teacher ate heartily and that the young dry-goods salesman had a hollow cough how nice it would be if they all could have a good dinner just for once soup and roast beef and good bread and vegetables with a delicious old-fashioned apple dumpling smoking hot such as her aunt hannah could make how she would enjoy giving it to them all how she would like to eat some of it herself she sighed as she pushed back her plate with a good half of the stew yet untouched and felt that it was impossible to eat another mouthful of that then she felt ashamed to think she cared so much for mere eating and tried to talk pleasantly to the little old lady beside her who occupied a small dismal room on the third floor and seemed to stay in it most of the time celia had not yet found out her occupation nor her standing in society but she noticed that she trembled when she tried to cut her meat and she was shabbily clothed in rusty black that looked as if it had served its time out several times over mrs morris came into the dining-room when the pie was being served she was large and worried-looking and wore a soiled calico wrapper without a collar her hair had not been combed since morning and some locks had escaped in her neck and on her forehead and added to her generally dejected appearance she sat down heavily and wearily at the head of the table and added her spiritless voice to the conversation she asked them all how they enjoyed the parade and declared it would have been enough parade for her if she could have sat down for a couple of hours then she sighed and drank a cup of tea from her saucer holding the saucer on the palm of her hand it all looked hopelessly dreary to celia and here she expected to spend the home part of her life for several years at least or if not here yet in some place equally destitute of anything which constitutes a home except for her brief conversation with the old lady on her right and a few words to miss burns she had spoken to no one during the meal and as soon as she had excused herself from the pie and folded her napkin she slipped upstairs to her room for the thought of the two letters in her pocket seemed more inviting than the pie she turned the gas to its highest though it did screech that she might see to read her letters and then she drew them forth her aunt hannah's came first she tore the envelope only one sheet and not much written thereon aunt hannah was well but very busy for nettie's children were all down with whooping cough and the baby had been quite sick poor little thing and she's had no time to write hiram nettie's husband Too had been ill and laid up for a week, so Aunt Hannah had been nursing night and day. She enclosed a little bookmark to remember Celia's birthday. She wished she could send her something nice, but times were hard, and Celia knew she had no money, so she must take it out in love. Hiram's sickness and the doctor's bills made things close for Nettie, or she would have remembered the birthday too, perhaps. Aunt Hannah felt that it was hard to have to be a burden on Nettie, now when the children were young and she and Hiram needed every cent he could earn, but what else could she do? She sent her love to her dear girl, however, and wanted her to read the verse on the little ribbon enclosed, and perhaps it would do her good. She hoped Celia had a nice, comfortable, homey place to board, and would write soon. That was all the white ribbon bookmark was of satin and bore these words his allowance was a continual allowance a daily rate second 2 kings twenty five thirty and beneath in smaller letters charge not thyself with the weight of a year child of the master faithful and dear choose not the cross for the coming week for that is more than he bids thee seek bend not thine arms for tomorrow's load thou mayst leave that to thy gracious God. Daily only, he says to thee, take up thy cross, and follow me. End of chapter 1